The following program is not appropriate for young humans or the easily offended. We trust your judgment. Canadian Pirate Cast is filmed before a live studio audience. Our backs are sore from sailing all day. So I want your opinion on this with online shopping because I, I'm also whenever I do it I do it from quality foods. I don't like uh, every product is like shows what a Raleigh is or to the best most updated brand picture. But it annoys me with the meat how they always show it like per- totally cooked and perfect. Like they order ground beef and it shows it like cooked like burger patties. Mm-hmm. You order a beef roast and it shows it like perfectly placed with the vegetables around it. And I was like they only do this with the meat and it bugs me because. It's like every other product, you want to know what it's going to look like in its raw form. To, and I'm I'm oh, bad for sure. I'm bad with meat cuts, so I just think about it like in my because I'm my brain's fucked up. I'm just like that'd be like if you just showed like sent risotto and like the per- served in the perfect dish with like cheese and garnish picked around it, or you saw toilet paper being scrunched up with like shit and thirty percent of it. <laughs> like you just like oh the used product. This is what it looks like after it's been used. Mm-hmm. I so I'm just it bugs me with the meats and like I I love the quality foods. That's why I frequently shop them. But I just it's a criticism of the pictures. <laughs> so what do you what do you what do you do for online shopping? Um, well, I do occasionally do thrifties for groceries, um, but they show their meat in its raw form. Yeah, see, I prefer that. Hello, welcome to the Canadian Pirate Cast. I am your host, Captain Beckham Kid. I'm Quartermaster Gummy Bear. Back at it again. Yes, doing it again with a fistful of fluff. So, today on the Canadian Pirate Cast, first thing, and this I don't want to get into this, I want to bring this up as a quick side note. But as uh, some in more discussion of the bill C ten, with the uh, trying to them trying to classify the internet under CanCon, there's uh, been talk about that sometimes if you're already a Canadian producer, not even under it under it, but they'll they, like you might get an email from the government being like, oh, you need to show more Canadian content if like we want to feature you or whatever or something. So I thought a good spirit way to do that would be because I'm very anti against Bill C ten. Um, very anti against it. Very anti. I'm that's sorry. As, oh, God. That's as against it and anti it as oh, it can be. Oh, sorry, sorry, I fucked it up. <laughs> sorry, I'm as against <laughs> it as it can possibly be. I'm I do not support Bill C ten. But I thought that if we come to a thing like that, where like, oh, you need to dedicate ten more minutes of Canadian content. I thought a great way to spend that time would be to criticize our political officials. Our Canadian political officials, because that's Canadian as it gets, is because we're all kind of a like we have a good sense of humor. We produce great comedians, so let's have a laugh at our political officials that make me tell me I need to feature more Canadian content. Um, I'm sorry, but according to a, a home hardware commercial I saw on, on YouTube, um, building is a as Canadian as it gets. We're all just builders and. We are. We build and we play hockey <laughs> and we all have a snowsuit. <laughs> um, so, on the Canadian show, so, sorry, it's a quick intro though, uh, jokes aside, the Canadian Pirate we're a local news variety show that focuses mainly on or featuring or broadcasting from Vancouver Island in the Comox Valley. We like to talk about local news on the island um, and BC primarily, and occasionally, occasionally touching on Canadian things, but also with discussion of food, because as we all know, 
inside of every cook. Can't a, live without it. As without well, even that, inside every cook is a pirate inside, living for the vicarious lifestyle and adventure and creativity. So that's yeah, and that's just basically our show. Ta-da! <laughs> so starting off too, as we always like to start off Corrections Corner to try to fix anything we noticed in the last uh, <laughs> in previous episode that we buggered up. I have a couple here that were totally mine. <laughs> so I'll go into mine first. The is laughing. This is a dumb one. This is no. This is a really dumb one. I feel so bad about this. So we in our last episode in at the movies with Gummy Bear, we talked about the movie Oxygen, which we both loved um, and thought it was. I had some criticisms of it, but I overall liked it, and I kept referring to the amazing French actress as Elizabeth Hansen. I her actual name is Melanie Laurier. I, Laurel. I hope I was, Laurel, sorry. I hope, uh, so Melanie, uh, Melanie Laurel. And she is amazing, so please go check out her movies. I was so wrong. And I, always, I thought it was weird that this French actress had a very British name, but I was like, oh, it's, it's the Europe. It's all. Yeah. To be fair, I watched the movie twice, and we talked about it for at least half an hour, and I didn't even pick it up at all. So Cynthia, I'll give you that one. Okay. Well, again, that's, uh, as we're very clear with on the episode, we're not professionals. I'm actually a giant idiot, so... We also both listened to it multiple times before posting, so is that. Yeah, too. Like, I, that means I listened to it, like, three times and just didn't think <laughs> anything of it. Like, oh, yeah, this French actress has a very British name. <laughs> um, that aside, uh, the next thing. This is a thing from way back, actually. In one of our very first episodes, We talk I told a story about an anecdote about a crazy lady with a bell that was telling me that the 2018 BC referendum that was proposed to change our voting system from an electoral system to a proportional representation system. That was the thing that was like, and again, we like you, we didn't completely remember what it was, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of speaks to how much it affected us <laughs> in general for this person clanging about saying it was the end of the world. Um, but I just want to bring that up as like, oh, hey, that was that event that we couldn't quite put our finger on. And the last thing, this is actually also important to me because I just learned this today when I was listening to another podcast, uh, Canada 338, is in our fourth episode, I discussed a story where a, um, in BC, there was an issue with, there was this blowing up issue, this father, this family torn about the car with, the with, with a transgender child. And um, there's a bit of a, the issue that I had with it was the story has been kind of like, hush, hush, nobody talk about it. And I found that concerning just for if you understand the context of the story. But one detail is that the uh, the school had known about the child kind of being uh, transgender or whatever for a long time, and like there had been no communication with the family about it, which the father was really mad about. Um, but I found out that uh, in a lot of provinces in Canada, there's a um, this thing, I, it's called different things in different provinces, but I think in BC it's called SOGI, it's an education system policy that prevents a school from outing a student that's like in the closet or anything like that to the parents for the child's protection. So it's more so it's more than likely that any so that their father's mad about this, like not being told anything about this, which right. it's kind of like you can understand at the same time, there's like you understand why they wouldn't be why they wouldn't be allowed to force or um to they to allowed to notify if it's on the child's protection if the parents are like that or if they're not telling yeah, them for that reason. Or do they um, feel safe doing that? Yeah, I feel like this kind of gets into obviously a very complicated thing because like body dysmorphia is a total like it's like totally other thing. 
And so that's kind of like where that's where it gets gray and that's up for a different day of discussion, not something I want to get into. But I just want to clarify as like, a, oh, hey, so this is like a reason for this thing happening that I thought was actually relevant enough worth bringing up. Um, Gummy Bear, do you have any corrections that you feel like you had or anything like that or any issues like that? Because you're the one that brought up the oxygen one to me, which I appreciate you pointing me out. Because I should say that too. I didn't discover that. Gummy Bear discovered that and saved my ass. <laughs> So thank you. That's my job, right? That is your job. You're my backup. That's what the quartermaster does. The captain is the branding where I just I yo ho and <laughs> flaunt shit and puff my chest out, and then you actually make sure everything runs properly. <laughs> you make sure we get uploaded and all that. Um, I'm still, I'm still. Everything I've said is perfect. Um, but I would, I would bring up a all over corrections corner for me, whereas I know that I'm not loud enough and. I'm, I'm trying really hard to be loud enough, so corrections corner with me not always being audible. <laughs> oh, well, my, if we're going to that, my corrections corner is, I say like and um a fuck ton. <laughs> and that's my, uh, when I get riled up, I definitely do it more, so that's when I'm like, ah, da, 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 da. so I gotta be more <laughs> aware of that. Um, but we can always improve, that's, as I always say, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And as like Kristen Bell says, Poe Buddy's nerfed. <laughs> the good place is great. Transition to the next segment. It is pretty great. And we had also, well, we got a review that we'd like to say thank you Yay. for. Thank you for who gave us our first review, which also was discovered by Gummy Bear. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to use a lot of the social media stuff. I'm pretty tone deaf about it, so... Or any was there any of the podcasting media analytics stuff? That's all Gummy Bear's department. <laughs> it was on Apple Podcast. I just read it yesterday. Thank you so much. I'm glad someone out there is enjoying it. Yeah, it really it it, it, it felt really awesome. So thank you. Anybody else that would like to leave a review or criticism or not anything, like we appreciate that. I'm uh, just interacting with us. Uh, but thank you, because I really just boosted everybody. Gummy Bear texted me about it like three times the entire day. Like, I'm so excited. <laughs> and then, like, I was working on podcast stuff yesterday, too. Like, just doing research for today's episode and kind of planning for trying to marketing and try to get our get the podcast branding out there, because that's kind of our biggest struggle now, is try to get it more aware in the, um, in, in, at least in our, what we can affect, like our local town. Um, obviously, uh, more outward in the province would be great as well. For anybody, anybody in, on Earth that's willing to listen to us, we appreciate your viewership. But it just kept being like, yes, like that review, like that's so awesome. I'm so glad that somebody like just was like nice enough to leave a review. That's great. I'm going to do more stuff with them. And so it was just like a big boost. So like, thank you. It felt very nice. Um, so thank you to whoever left that review. Um, so I guess we're going to segment or segue now into our... Uh, first main segment, Local Waters, discussing local news within uh, the Comox Valley, spearheaded by Gummy The Bear. entire Vancouver Island this week. Sorry. The, oh, sorry. Well, usually, sorry. Usually it's the entire Vancouver Island. I shouldn't say that. I mean, we don't like, uh, sorry, fuck it up, because I always forget. I always, sorry, I always forget the other, the rest of the island exists, because I'm very easy in public. Once we segue, <laughs> I, I will introduce what we're talking about. Yes. Sorry. I'm pretty bad. <laughs> I'm a pretty bad host, so I'm also not very easy in public. I love everybody. Talk more. Oh. I pass our from shoveling all day. So sit down, sit down. Welcome sit down. back to Canadian Piracast, our first segment, Local Waters, hosted by Gummy Bear. As usual. 
one day. <laughs> one day I'll do something uh-huh. complex and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today I'm going to be doing um a little bit of an update about Fairy Creek. And then um, just a couple of news stories from the last little while. So, last week, the BC government decided to defer the harvesting of old growth trees in Fairy Creek for two years. Did you hear about that? I did not hear about that. That was interesting. Um, According to um, the article, it comes following a request from the Huayat, the Diditat, and Pachidat First Nations to defer old growth logging for two years in the areas of Vancouver Island while nations prepare formal forestry plans. Um, And this includes protecting about 2,000 (laughs) (laughs) hectares. Hectares. Oh my gosh. Hectares. That's going to mess me up forever. Hectares. Of course. <laughs> okay, but how? Okay. I love you so much. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it's great. No, you're great. You're great. You're great the way you are. It's like, it's, and I, I'm not, I should, I'm not one to, I'm, I shouldn't be calling the kettle black. Oh dear. Um, Hectares. So even though this happened, uh, according to those still protesting and participating in the blockades, Teal Jones Group is still cutting down trees despite the decision. Um, happy to say the blockades are still going strong. Today is the 30th day since the RCMP became involved, and as of yesterday, six more arrests were made, which now brings the total up to 228. Um, I fully expect more today and tomorrow and the day after that, Mm. as long as they are still cutting those trees down. Wow. Um, I highly recommend following the... Fairy Creek Blockade Facebook page as they update daily. And there's a lot of information there. Um, From what I can find, there's approximately 2,000 people down there right now. Um, And at three, at about four or five different locations. And if anyone down there is listening, good work. Keep it up. Yeah. Uh, Props to anybody that's like changing themselves to a tree. Like you. uh... Yeah. Or burying yourself in the road. Like, I'm thinking about, uh, like, and don't get me wrong, there's, like, in the Comox Valley, I think for protesting, I think I've seen, like, one woman standing on the side of a busy road with a sign here and there, like, support Fairy Creek and mm-hmm. all that. Um, all these people, like, interesting, like, I'm, and this is where I'm no better than this, because I'm not standing out there with a sign or anything, but I don't care enough to go spend an afternoon holding up a sign, traffic to bring awareness, uh. So props to anybody that's doing that, that's taking the time out of their day to go, like, spread the message in that way, like, um, respect you for doing that. And, uh, like, obviously you have pirate support. Yes. The pi- we pirates need that wood for our ships, but... <laughs> we, 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 no, we log other things, we log other things. But we don't need the those ones. No, we don't need, we don't need infantry. <laughs> don't need Asian trees. We're fine with small. No, well, you know, here's here's my here's my pirate logic for caring about the Asian trees is that BC does a shit ton of has a ton of nature tourism. That's like a big industry for us, and that's mm-hmm. that's like after right that's after right now because of COVID. But 
that it's but like you know when that's like lifted and all that that'll be kind of a recurring thing because people are gonna i think it's gonna boom after like when people kind of recover there'll be one industry that booms that's one thing the most restrictive thing that people are just kind of like people do even though they're like not supposed to or not like d- during a pandemic but people still insist on doing so it's like yeah they're traveling because people always be traveling uh then that kind of um so I think about the goal that like we'll bring into our economy with like all that tourism and stuff like that. And as I've said before, I don't like tourists, but I like the gold they bring because I'm a pirate and I like gold. So for me, it's like a pragmatic thing. I'm like, save those trees because those are like this thing about the tourism. I'm like, oh, hey, look, these thousand year old trees that are older than like than Canada themselves. Uh, that's like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? So that's kind of my aim for this too, is I, I see it as like a money making thing. Um, and leaving and not leaving them there, but it's like a long-term money-making thing. It's not a short-term thing. Where like the short-term thing would be to cut it down, sell the wood, and do that. And actually, I can get into that with uh, I have an explanation mm-hmm. for that um, at the end of this with our or in our premiere in my segment because um, it all it all connects. You can't see it right now because we can't afford video, but I'm doing the finger pyramid of connecting right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's connecting all together. While Tibby is hel- elbow butting me because I'm no longer petting her. <gasps> Good old deckhand kitty. Tibby the drunk. So, is that uh, is that everything you had about Fairy Creek? Yeah. Because I had a bit on that too, actually, as a thing. Because I was listening oh, to. Go for it. Yeah, I was listening to a different uh, podcast, uh, Canada 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 Land podcast. They're a Vancouver-based podcast. That's pretty big. They have a website too. Are they in the Wondery bubble? I think so. Maybe I don't know. Because I'm pretty sure I've heard um, advertising for them, but I haven't actually listened to that one. Maybe they're not. I don't think they're like on the in the frequency or anchor bubble. They're just like their own thing because they're like they're smaller than like a CTV thing. But they're like the big. They're a big independent news organization. Right. Uh. But that aside, uh, they so in their podcast they were talking about how they had reporters going down to Fairy Creek to um, rep- like kind of get footage of everything that's happening there, and the RCMP were kind of blockading them from going in, and it was kind of like in a thing where, so mainline press could go in like CBC, CTV, you know your government sponsored media that you know what they what they want you to see. Mm-hmm. And so that's okay. that was allowed to go in, but for any independent news organizations like Canada Land or any kind of like smaller one, they had to um, they had to they just kind of got blocked off. And there was this guy that's crazy. There's this one guy I think that was on the Canada Land podcast. I can't remember his name, but he was like he's he was a leader of the uh, of like some kind of writing like guild or some shit in Canada. So, and they're like, and so they were kind of like, oh yeah, we're blockading off, or like, letting off press and lighting. He's like, well, no, there's like nothing like that in Canada. There's no press pass thing in Canada. That's not really how it works, apparently. Okay. And so, he, I'm going to try to pull it up right now so I can get these details, like, more correct. Uh, but essentially, then, so, and then they're like an hour and a half, they basically defer to a superior saying like, oh, you have to talk to the commissioner or something. And then he's like, okay, but there's no phone contact out there. So, and it's like an hour and a half away from contact, but then there's also inconsistencies in that where that like, okay, so if they got permission from the commissioner, what, how would she know that if there's no way for her to contact it, like contact them out when they're in the middle of nowhere either, right? 
Hmm. Am I making sense of this? And how that it's kind of just like a bit of a setup and a bit of a bureaucratic way to keep less media in. So that yeah. we can't see what's happening. It's kind of the RCMP just kind of, again, just this is, seems like blockading more like media and like knowledge of this too. And this is like, hmm. when we talked about this in my last segment, this is, because I think this is a consistent thing. I think that if you Google this, um, you'll be able to find more things on uh, or more things about this, but it's like in that small story I looked into with the um, father and the sh- father and the stuff like that. Um, and the, like, we talked about how that was kind of a landmine. So we understand why at least that wouldn't be as reported on by anybody, not even like even to you uh, smaller things, but this is like, this is a general thing. This is like a wide public thing. This is saving fucking trees. Like this is, yeah. this should not be a thing. That's like, we should have as much information on this as possible. So why is that being held up? Well, you know, this, uh, it's current year, so we all have, like, cell phones, and they're able to document what's happening themselves without being the press either. So, you know, I'm finding, like, a lot more of the information is coming from that, you know, that Facebook page and, and other other people who are involved. Uh, I know someone personally who's who's down there. A couple people, actually. I, like I haven't like spoken to them or like maybe uh, maybe I could ask them for an interview a little bit later on, but um yeah, so like I'm I'm seeing a lot more information from sources like that than the news, which like every news outlet just has the same information over and over again, mm-hmm. <clears throat> especially yeah. after the deferral and what's been happening over the weekend, um. Those are really conflicting. Is it thundering? Maybe. Or it's just raining. Okay. Oh crap, I'm gonna go to a project after this. Oh, gonna stay hard. <laughs> Shout out to David Goggins. <laughs> that man has inspired me to stay hard. Do you have anything else on that? Uh no, but I just wanted to say here, so what the um uh, in the, the podcast I listened to that kind of explains this in better detail to me about how the kind of the oh, man, it's raining really hard. fringe press hasn't been able to uh, kind of uh, report on this really well. So the synopsis is that from this podcast on Canada Land, episode 371, uh, that because the RCMP have been blocking and corralling journalists from freely covering demonstrations, but according to corporate president, the RCMP's own guidelines, journalists do have the right to be present even when there is a court injunction. So why is it Canada? Why is Canada's independent media at the forefront and kind of like not being being held held out of this? And uh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. So again, this is kind of like a as much as like you know you can kind of there's reliability to CBC and all the mainstream media, but they're all they are all like the gov- they won't talk about something that the government tells them not to talk about it. So that's problematic in itself. Um, for obvious reasons. So that's why independent media is very important. It's because, like, people need to know these things. That's how you stop, that's how tyrannical shit gets stopped. And this is, like, where kudos to the, um, to, like, the two-year delay on that stuff and the people who are still fighting, though, because, like, obviously the loggers aren't stopping. Mm-hmm. But that kind of shows that, like, yeah, so in Canada, when enough people have enough people to push back on something, then there's like some motion on that. But the problem is that you just need the people 
that are passionate enough and care enough to go forward and do that. And that's their version of just like pushing, puffing their chest out and being like, no, fuck you, this. So that's a very Canadian spirit. It's like, no, don't take our trees, eh? So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's, I think it's kind of awesome. So I, I, I fully support the Fairy Creek protesters in that regard and just, again, extra props to the people that are doing that. Uh, what was your next thing to talk about? All right. Story number one. Uno. So um, on June 2nd, around 9 p.m., a woman was stabbed multiple times outside of the Superstore in Camel River. Um, she's all right, and by all right, I mean not dead. Uh, the man was unknown to her, and it seems like it was a completely random and unprovoked attack. The RCMP does not have a very good description of the attacker. The description is as follows. He was slender and average height. He was wearing jeans, a dark hoodie, and had a dark backpack. That's all they know. <laughs> so the Campbell River RCMP is hoping that anyone who may have been in the area at the time with a dash cam might have some footage or... Anyone who may have seen something should come forward so they can get a better description of the of the assailant. Oh shit, that's scary. I'm not sure why a big store like Superstore doesn't have adequate security cameras outside. Oh, I know why, because they're cheap. You know they definitely <laughs> have a really good security camera system inside for loss prevention. You know what I've heard actually is a random thing. This might be, I might be, this might be bullshit too. But their choppers has apparently really good like or uh, video security in their parking lot. Like there's a thing where there's oh yeah, in, I like I don't know. Some people have told me I, in town. Yeah, this, oh, yeah. I in, yeah, and I so I well I assume it'd be in other stores too because the thing with franchises is that they're consistent typically. Um, considering where Shoppers is, they I'm sure they would have a very good reason for having a good outdoor security system. Yeah, it was just that somebody told me that, like they had somebody like do something to their car specifically, and they were able to give like clear footage over to cops, and they were able to figure shit out, and they found this guy, and it's happened more than once because they deserve really good external security as well. Their customers and people in that parking lot. So that's good. That's, uh, that's just something I've heard about them, though, uh, from cool. one uncredited resource in town one time when I was out shopping for Q-tips. So, they just told you that? They just came up to you and were like, hey, there's really good security systems. No, I don't know. It's <laughs> a small talk with people. And it's oh, like, okay. but also I think someone was, maybe, someone was maybe talking about this to the attendant, and I was just like, I was there waiting in line. Mm-hmm. Something sure. like that. This is not a this is not a credible resource. It's just an experience I remember. I was like, well, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I guess this is what this, per- this, is what this person was talking about. Well, they're they're talking to me or somebody else. It's irrelevant. I remember the story. Uh, what was your uh, next thing? The second one is um, a woman in Victoria was arrested on Sunday, June thirteenth, after attacking a man with a hammer. After the attack, she barricaded herself in a room and took several hours to come out. She was charged with assault with a weapon, but um, she was immediately released on conditions until her next court date. And all I really have to say about that is, what is it with people and hammers lately? Well, to quote, I don't know, you know, I always thought, to quote Ron Swanson, is anything can be a weapon. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, um, yeah. Like, that's kind of just. It's a. It's just a gross thing. A kitty can be a weapon. You throw it at somebody on the edge. Like, imagine just like somebody walking on the sidewalk and you threw a cat in somebody's face, like a grenade, and somehow, and like the cat clung to the person's face and they fell into traffic and used the cat as a weapon. Have you ever played Postal? No, I've wanted to. There's like a cheat or something where like you you get like a gun, a cat as a gun, and every time you shoot a gun, a, a cat comes off. Oh my god! And shoot, and the cat. Hits the person, and then you get a new cat. Um, there's... <laughs> Hilarious. Super. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I just got one more. Yeah, go for it. Um, back in mid-May, a man in Courtney broke into a couple's brand new RV. He had a hatchet on him, which he used to break the window of the RV to get in. The RCMP had a difficult time getting him to come out. He was in there for three hours, destroying the inside of the RV that hadn't even been used yet um, with the hatchet and trying to set it on fire with a barbecue lighter. And they eventually ended up dragging him out through the window that he broke into. Was he on anything? I don't know. That's my first question. That was a that's an extreme. He was held in jail, and I don't know what happened after that. That that that's extreme. Um, one of the neighbors of the owners of the RV said, <laughs> "I don't know for sure, but it probably has something to do with the homeless, right or wrong." And I, and that I can see has become a huge problem, not just here, everywhere, and something has to be done to address it. And um. I, I totally agree with that, dude. Yeah. I... I don't know... Yeah, I don't know what a solution for that would be, though. It's like, I'm just thinking, like, what would you... Like, we have an increase... I guess it'd be like... Do you fix the economy, or do you fix try to fix like the police crackdown on people, and like these kind of on um, like these pay, pay like these affordable housing, addiction, treatment. Mm-hmm. It's like a number of things, right? Therapy. I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, it's kind of again. That's the thing too. Is that they kind of get into where. It's tricky though, because there's a certain point there where, like, you need it's. I think it's a number. It's a number of different systems, just because again, like, no one thing. Oh God, see, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying about this, because like, just that. Uh... Sorry, I don't know where I was going. I was remembering went like to a weird place. Went to like a dark place of just like news of just being like, there's always bad shit happening. Because it's like. Um, there was one more thing that I wanted to talk about that's that I don't have I don't really have notes on Mm -hmm. Um, but it was it was a story that I that I had saved that I was going to to talk about but then I realized um, this morning when I was finishing up that it's it was just like it was actually a story that happened like three years ago but had just finally gotten like, like it's final. Like this person was convicted, and 
or whatever, finally, it was like, oh, okay, and I find that happens a lot, um, with, um, like, stories like that, where it's like, you'll be like, oh, like, that happened, and then I'll be like, oh, it was, like, years ago, and it takes a long time <laughs> for, for, like, things like this to be resolved in, in our justice system. Well, it's kind of like, I think that's, isn't that, that's like a bit of a thing with Canada, though, is for every, almost every system we have is, like, layers of bureaucracy and, like, timing and like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think of that, if you're going to come up to, like, I think the biggest criticism of Canada, and, like, I, I love Canada, I'm not anti-Canada, but, like, we, everything is bureaucratic machinery. And there's, I don't know, there's arguments for and against that, obviously. I think that... I think though that I think of the news news cycle, and this is where we come to like the twenty four hour news cycle, is kind of like you know the problem is that if you're always looking for news like that, right? You're always looking for, at least in my opinion, like okay, we got we're always broadcasting all this time to tell, so we always have to be talking about something. I actually wasn't. It was something that popped up that I was like, oh, I'll save that. I'll save that for when I'm talking about news. So it was like. It came up for me organically. I didn't have to mm-hmm. go looking for it. I gotcha. And I I just, you know, missed the part where it said it was three years ago. Well, so I guess what I mean, uh, what I think I'm going with this, though, is that because it's a combination of that with 24-hour news cycle where it's like always a new thing, always a new thing, because they're always broadcasting and they got time to fill. But Ooh. then it's also that because in our system everything takes so long that again like it takes years so that's why things get resolved for a lot of years and finally finally you hear that like oh this is gosh darn fucking neighbors so you have uh, <laughs> I just said like the most PG thing ever <laughs> while you were swearing oh. I think it's perfect <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, sorry, but I think with the combination of that, that excess in news, but then also the bureaucratic systems, that's how these things get double lost because they take a long time and there's so much at once. Yeah, that's kind of where I again, like, I'd like to, if we even if we do increase how much we do this show, I like the idea of focusing it and be like, here's the most important things this week that I think are like worth talking about. Like, I can't imagine the people, like, again, you come across like any kind of show host or kind of that has to do like five nights a week. Like you must be scraping the bottom of the barrel for shit for things to be happening. Right. Otherwise, like, and otherwise you're just looking, looking for things to bitch about, which are fine because there's lots of criticisms in society. Right. Then also it's with that excess of it that it's like, Oh man, are you just bitching about everything or, you know? So I think it kind of all, I think it all kind of connects in a way, in a weird way. Um, sorry, go. Um, well, I just, yeah, that's why I didn't talk about that story, because I do want to talk about stuff that's happening, and hey, if crazy stuff stops happening, then, uh, then I just won't do the segment. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I like to talk about more detailed things sometimes, too, so, like, very briefly. No, well, of course, and that's where, that's where, again, though, that's where, that's how I like our, that's why I just, again, not to be too, like, not just, you know, be too, like, oh, I'm awesome, but, like, this is what I like about our <laughs> thing. I, sorry, I don't mean like that, but I guess, like. Fuck, I'm saying like so much again. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that I appreciate how we do it and where 
whatever we're learning or doing every week, it's just like, or every two weeks, we're like, here's what we think is the most important thing to be saying to people news-wise. And then, like, you know, just go enjoy your day. Go go, go, go get some ice cream. Go support a local business. Um, don't use a delivery service because those dicks are just a middleman. Those are dicks that take out, like, they take, like, take, sorry, I keep so going hard. Those delivery services are just middlemen, greedy middlemen that take quarter of the already thin margin of a restaurant. I understand people are worried about being sick, and obviously, if you're sick, please use these delivery services. But if you're not sick, you can go out, support a business, wear a mask, and just like support a business that you care about that you don't want to leave your community. Like, like big like Bigfoot Donuts. You're in, you're in, you're in Green World. <laughs> Where's Green World? I just oh. went to Silly Town. I want to. I want. I want to go to Green World. <laughs> I. I can't wait to our to our to our future podcast with Pew Pew when we have him on to talk about video games. I'm gonna go to Green World on that day. <laughs> so that won't be anything compared to Fungi Land eventually. Mm. This one's for me. That will, well, no, of course not. Because I want you to die. <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll die and then come back to life, wiser like Gandalf. Uh, anything to finish on with local waters? No, that was it. Thanks for listening. Thank you for teaching me, uh, updating me on what's happening in the community. Uh, following up now, we'll uh, take a quick, uh, we're gonna have a re- quick ad read from our sponsor, and then um, our new sponsor. We lost our last, uh, so we wrangled up a new one, and um, we'll talk about my next seg on my segment, uh, beyond the coast about what kind of cabinet our leaders live in and um, about the <laughs> governor of BC, uh, Logan Hogan. <laughs> Hello. I'm some British celebrity you've never heard of. Here to tell you about my new podcast where I interview guests about life, culture, and all things and manners. Check it out on Tone Deaf and the Deadweight Podcast Networks. Here's a clip Here's a clip of my first interview with Michelle Walt, owner of the of a Canadian store that sells you personalized roll up roll up the rim tools for Tom Horton's zealots. Let's have a listen. Michelle, what is your what is the hardest part about being a leader who is a woman? Glass is sharp. Thank you. Catch up, catch me on my next podcast when Michelle talks on every single podcast network on us. Catch it now. It's called Talking With Me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't break it. (laughs) Those aren't spirit fingers either. I know. They're not spirit fingers. My spirit wasn't in them. Welcome back to the Canadian Pirate Cast. Um, in our next segment, Beyond the Coast, where we learn about the Canadian governor. So, spoiler alert, we don't actually have a governor. Well, we do, but it's not the way we think it is. And uh, I have an explanation for that. But if you're going to go for like what a governor is in the U.S. and someone that's like the head of, head of the state, uh, our equivalent of that, or roughly, because not the same thing, but in general sense, would be, okay, now I'm going to say his real name from right now. 
I'm going to say our Canadian premier. So we have a premier. And I'm going to say his name properly right now. And this will probably be the only time it happens. And we'll get into and it's you'll understand why. But we have John Joseph Horgensen is the BC premier who is uh, for the NDP. Wait, his name's Horgensen. Oh, sorry. It's John. Sorry. Crap. John <laughs> Joseph. One time you're going to say it right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say it right this time. John Joseph Horgan. Is his name. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, anyway, he's the he- he's the the NDP leader who is the head of our who is the uh, yeah who is our premier for the province who makes like a lot of decisions and picks the cabinet. He is the thirty sixth premier of British Columbia since two thousand seventeen to present day. Uh, Joe Johnny Horgan looked worked for as a political staffer for the NDP. Um, and then he's most known for, or, uh, Hojo Hogan is known for engineering a coalition with the Green Party to win a majority of 53 of 87 seats in the snap election he called this year. Yes, Bandito Gummy Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Hojo Hogan. Hojo Hogan. <laughs> well, we also have John Jingle. Okay, so I have, okay, here's what I have for funny names. John Jingle. <laughs> John Jingleheimer Horgan, <laughs> Horgan Joseph John, Joseph Horgan John, Double J H, uh, Jogi Hogi, oh, Jonathan Joseph Horgensen, uh, or no, Jonathan Joseph Horgensen, Hor- jo- okay, Jonathan Joseph Horgensen the third, <laughs> and then we got Horgan Jin Jorgensen. Oh no, that was my favorite. Horgan Jorgensen, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so this is that's the name to have for our Canadian premier. So Johnny J. Horgan is um <laughs> so I don't know if I should start do you think should I should start with how the politics is structured or would I should start with who the leader is? Because I it's, uh, maybe I'll start with the structure of everything. Because I have like a bit on him. I have I have a I have a okay. number of interesting details on old Johnny Jorgensen. So the British, so here's how Canadian or BC politics are structured, so to speak, in like a rough sense. Quote or air quotes here, or well, not even, I'm just not an expert. I'm an idiot. But here's what I've learned from it, and we'll cite these sources not in our episode. Uh, the BC Executive Council, otherwise known as the Cabinet of British Columbia, is made up of a lieutenant governor and council. So we do have a governor. The Premier, the Cabinet Ministers, whom are members of the Legislative Assembly, and selected by the Lieutenant Governor and Premier. So, let's get in right off the bat here. Anyone in Canada with the name of Governor, like uh, the Governor or Lieutenant Governor, they represent the Crown, essentially. Their whole job, just, they're not, they're, like, important, but let's not get into that today, but they're basically... Um, they represent the queen, so to speak. So they're picked by England, and they're like an emissary, essentially, over here, you could say. So I'm not sure if I'm using that word right. It sounds, it sounds, I think it might be more in the ballpark. So what we can control as Canadians, though, is the premier and the cabinet ministers, or no, sorry, and the, goddamn, so I'm getting this all fucked up. Sorry, <laughs> let me just, so back up this up here. So here, we don't select this, so to speak. This is what's kind of created and beyond our control. 
The cabinet is a body of political officials that decides the policies and directions of the province, and they administer day-to-day operations of its governance. This is from Canadian's Encyclopedia. In Canada's parliamentary system of of government, a cabinet, not a wardrobe, is a committee of ministers that holds executive power. So ministers are chosen by Johnny Jorgensen, but or prime minister from the party holding the most seats in the House of Commons and provincial legislature. So like Trudeau picks a cabinet of people to deal with shit and Hogan Jorgensen um, picks a bunch of people to handle day-to-day shit. In the provincial legislators, members are elected to represent... Oh, yeah, so, sorry, then how the... So the here's where I think we can have control as, like, the public, but it's for the House of Commons or provincial le- 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 legislator, which is us. So House of Commons is for all of Canada, the landlubbers and all for Canada. And the provincial legislator is, like, province to province. This is, like, our governing seats. And the amount of seats you have depend on the size and population of your province. So BC has 87 seats right now. 53 are held by the NDP. Uh, 28 are held by Liberal. And BC Green Party holds two. Two. What? Dos. That's better. <laughs> and What's the other thing you said? I said two, like French. Yeah, that's three. Oh, what? And then it's like really badly pronounced three. Wait, trois, three? Trois. Oh, it's two. It's all fucking. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. That's why. <laughs> You know, I saved you from a corrections corner later on. Oh, well, yeah, we addressed it right out of the way. <laughs> I'm not, I am not informed here. That's why I'm citing all my sources. <laughs> Blame them for what I've learned. <laughs> Did they teach you? They taught me, they taught me, ra- they taught me radical fringe ideas. <laughs> I also think that the, war, the earth is flat. Oh my god. Everything's conspiracy. <laughs> um, okay, so sorry, back to, back to real stuff, though. So yeah, so in, uh, Provincial legislators, members are elected to represent interests of people and their constituencies. This is why the Bloc Quebecois has no seats in BC legislators, because I don't feel they have our best interests at heart. So the head of the majority seat holder becomes the premier of that province. So it's kind of more, this is how all of Canada politics is structured, where you're not really picking your prime minister, like you're picking the seats in the house based on where your region is. And then that, whoever the leader is of the party in that area, that's who ends up being your leader, so to speak. So it's in a slightly more roundabout way. Um, The Executive Council and Parliamentary Secretaries of BC. So these are the, these are the ministers that are chosen by Hogan Jorgensen. And if you have one, here's the thing if you look on all the government websites. If you have one of these positions, it says honorable before your name. And yeah. that annoys me a bit because politicians, some <laughs> are good, most are bad. It's I feel like politicians should be mocked. They, they should not be given the title of being honorable um, <laughs> just for being a politician. Oh, and uh, the prime minister gets the right honorable. So I think that's... Like, in spite of this, because if they have honor, then I obviously don't, because I'm not a politician. So I shall now be no honor Beckham kid. And you are now no honor coming there. Because we have no honor, because we're not politicians. 
but politicians dishonorable. Are, yes, but like the these high level politicians are honorable, but everyone else is non dishonorable. <laughs> so dishonorable Beckham kid. Neutral honorable. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So regular politicians are neutral honorable, but if you're a peasant <laughs> like us, you're a regular citizen. You're you're no honor, no honor or dishonor. So some of these ministers sound. So some of these also sound like too many jobs, and that's like a. And I'm only bitching about that because I want to know how many of them took pay cuts during the pandemic. Like the politicians when all this shit was halted and stuff like that, and the peasants were starving. I wonder how many of these politicians took pay cuts. I don't even have to search that right now. Zero. Oh, okay. Thank you for telling me, telling me about that. So here's, here's the I'm not ministers. even going to bother fact-checking myself. So here's what... Here, someone feel free to show us evidence that a politician took a pay cut. Uh, will offer. I will buy. I will mail you a box of Timbits if you can prove to me. Timbits. Well, they have to be good after a long period of time, and those are like pre-made and shit. So. They have. Uh... They have chemicals in them. <laughs> no. Tim Hortons will like throw those things out after like six hours. Hmm. Then you're probably not gonna want to enter this contest. You might die of food poisoning. So, <laughs> here are the uh, here's all the ministers that took no pay cuts. We'll say. They were elected by <laughs> John Horgan Joe, um, Minister of Advanced Education and Skill Training, Minister of Agriculture and Food and Fisheries, Attorney General and Minister of Housing, um, Minister of Children and Family Development, and I'm just going to stop saying the minister because they're all of this, State for, for Child Care, Citizen Services of Education, of energy, mines, and low-carbon innovation, climate change strategy, of finance, of forest, lands, natural resource operations, and rural development, of the state of lands and natural resources, of health and minister for Francophone affairs. Um, I just love that in BC. It's like just tacked on. Like he's like health and minister for Francophone affairs. I'm sure it's not a very busy department. We I know we have some French speaking. I'm sure I'm sure the health part of it is yeah, it's legit. That's why I, I I'm I'm saying as a bit of a joke. Is a it, like, obviously, I know we have I know we have francophone people in BC. Just it's so little, but we have to have a thing there. So it's like, oh yeah, he's this and the francophone affairs. <laughs> One extra job. <laughs> and um, so now we have then we have <laughs> sorry, we have like ten more here. So indigenous relations and reconciliation, jobs, economic recovery, and innovation. State of trade, labor, uh, mental health and addictions, municipal affairs, public safety and solicitor general, social development and poverty reduction, tourism, arts, culture and sport, transportation and infrastructure, and state or of infrastructure. Inf infrastructure. And if I have one criticism for all those jobs, it feels like a lot of them are all doing kind of multiple jobs. I'm sure you could like fire five of them and divide that work a bit better and it would be fine. Then we can build a school. I was wondering about the skills training one. Like, what kind of skills are we talking about? That's what I mean. Like, they're like, it's all double speak. Skills? A lot of them are double speaking. Like, what does what does some of this shit mean? Or like, they love they have like one tacked on job, like francophone affairs. And he's just health. that's that's the one. Wait, is is it like it was health and minister for francophone affairs, minister of health and minister for francophone affairs. And that's that's one person. That's one person. Okay. And I just say that because, like, health is such a big thing. That's why I'm saying, like, oh, yeah, and Francophone Affairs. <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah, there's that's it's just a lot of overlap. And 
that's kind of where again I was I would like to know what they did during the pandemic to make maybe things. they're just the only one who like speaks French, so they got that job as well. Maybe, and that could be, and that would be that's plausible too. If that's a re- that's be that's that'd be good like logic behind that because you know like that's and I don't agree with some PG in Canada Canadian politics because it's more complicated now. For but like yeah, mm-hmm. like, uh, higher government officials are required to be like dual dual language to some degree. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, so now let's talk about our Canadian governor, who is not our actual governor. He's a premier, <laughs> John Jorney Horgensen. Fucking <laughs> shit! <laughs> John Horgan Joseph. So, wait. <laughs> it's. Jo- Joseph Morgan John. At this point, I don't even know. Like, I'm assuming that's not the real name because you said you're only gonna say it one time. But like, I'm like, at this point, you could say his name is fucking anything, and I'd be like, okay, that's his name, I guess. I don't know. Johnny Johnny Joseph Horgan or Johnny Joe Hoare. <laughs> so or John Joe John Joe Hoare. <laughs> that sounds like a Star Wars character. <laughs> so stop it it hurts <laughs> only hurts when you laugh <laughs> so let's get into our premiere Joseph John Horganson <laughs> in his early life <laughs> this is skip over his name just <laughs> Okay, the the premier, the premier JJ JJ, our premier JJ. Okay, go here is like muffling sorry She's like laughing so hard. I can't. I can't have half the podcast be me laughing. I know. Just deep breaths. Deep breaths. Really? Sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm a tree. I'm a tree. No, I'm sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Trees don't laugh. I'll stop fucking with it. Like the thing is, only half of this is on purpose, and that's why it's funny. <laughs> so, double J H. In his early life. <laughs> in his early life, he failed science, math, typing, and French in grade nine. By fourteen. He was smoking cigs and on the wrong path. This is on Canadian Encyclopedia. Really? Yes. And this is why, this is why we're citing it. Okay. A coach turned his life around with basketball. So his life was a sports movie. Emoticon XD. Is what I wrote. <laughs> and when he got... On, okay, so when he got into... Yeah, so he got into a university varsity team. Varsity team. Um, and then he got a bachelor... Of, he went through university and got a bachelor of arts degree. Uh, later he, all right, so I wrote, he got from a university you've never heard of, <laughs> he got a Bachelor of Arts degree, I think it was like Trent University or Trevor or something like that. Okay. Something, uh, I've never, whatever. Um, and then later he got his Master's of Arts degree from Sydney University, it's Sydney University in Australia. <laughs> really? So just, yeah. Weird. That's, I'm just saying, it's like, I'm not making fun of it, I just, it's kind of weird. Um... 
Let's see here. Oh, for clarification, though, I looked up the uh, jobs you can get with a Master of Arts degree, or jobs you're uh, clarify or you're qualified for. Executive Director, Project Manager, Research Analysis. <laughs> also, a kindergarten, middle school, and high school teacher. So, and also leader of the province. Apparently. Well, that's where actually that's something my roommate commented on. We're like, yeah, I guess you don't you don't need to be educated to be politics. I'm like, that's the point. Of, yeah. That's the point of this because that's what's that's where John Johnny Joe comes in here. So I love your I love your bandana, by the way. Respect that. As a bandana Which wearing copy you. Oh, bandana wearing pirates are badass. That's why we do it, Rocco. So after university, he went to Ottawa to work in a museum, but he ended up in. As he ended up in a member of Parliament's mailroom, being a male jockey, and he just kind of did politics after that. He worked his way up to being somebody's aide, and he's just been in politics since then, and just like doing that as a job. And I should clarify for those uh, jobs I just listed off. Uh, I can't cite that because I couldn't find any reliable info. So this is just general shit. So I just I was just making fun of like what jobs can you get with a master of arts degree? It's like yeah. Um, so, or, or, yeah, anyway, uh, here are criticisms of him, though, and I have some positive shit, too, so I'm not just going to be a dick in the valley, but just here's criticisms, again, that I do have, and I can't cite these, these, um, but he's brushed off criticism for human rights organizations for the, uh, Coastal Pilot Pipeline Project. The pipeline was never given full consent by the rightful authorities of the Wet'suwe, I probably, I might be butchering that territory, though. So indigenous territory. Um, oh, okay. This is I thought this was just funny, but people freaked out when he said that he doesn't see color during a debate. It's like I I I said I think I say I said that I wrote that was funny because like I think that like obviously I understand why that's offensive, but I'm sure he didn't mean it like that. I'm sure he bumbled. Mm -hmm. It sounds more like a bumbling of words, or like I don't know, maybe like maybe I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt of an ignorance thing. Seems like something people would say in the nineties. Yeah, that's why. But I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt, saying that like I could, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, say that maybe he bumbled it. Maybe it just means that he doesn't like he doesn't care about race. Like he doesn't like yeah. judge. He doesn't judge somebody I'm by sure their race. Exactly what he meant. But he just. But I understand why saying that is hurtful because if you take that literally, then that's shitty. Because like then you're not seeing people. But if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, I think that like yeah, it's like he probably just bumbled his words. But I think it's funny that people overly overreacted about that too. But. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Unless, he get, unless he's given off other vibes of that kind of shit, but I, that doesn't really seem to be the case. Well, here, here's why. Because there's positive shit he's done. That's kind of the thing. So, um, he says right now, this is kind of the Fairy Creek thing, but he says he wants to sell the wood right now because the price is currently high. So, that's why he says, um, get out of here. Actually, we have an audio clip of him. Hey, we're logging here. Get out. Move along. These are trees. <laughs> And then, sorry, I've got to find my page here because they're all messy about where the criticisms and positive stuff was. Mystery, corrections corner. Oh, here we are. Horgan continued. So, further criticisms of him are historically, he's always been for pro resource development. Um, yes, come here. I'm <laughs> just trying not to laugh. Okay, but you had something to say. Sorry, I'm like I'm looking down at my notes right now, so I'm not looking up to see if you need to like say something. So just feel free to interject, okay? And I'll shut up. Yeah. 
because um, I want to make sure I'm articulating this properly when I'm not just rambling. <laughs> but actually, I did some proper research and looked into a thing. Um, but yeah, so historically, he's always been pro resource development, and he actually had to soften up to join the NDP, which mm. I think is interesting. So it's like probably like he's more of a liberal in that way. Um, it's possibly. But I say that just as a general thing. Uh, but anyway, though, so I think it's it's just consistent, though, like through his um, record as a politician, he's always been kind of pro this, like pro pipeline and shit like that. Um, okay. And he, oh yeah, he's defended fracking and supports resource development and job growth, or supports the resource development and job growth that it offers. And he gave he offered six billions in tax breaks to LGN Canada to build gas terminal in Kitimat, which worked. Okay. So it's like he did that, um, but that also there's a debate for that too about how much tax breaks are being given for these things too. But again, they would have probably built somewhere else if not to, because they're going wherever mm -hmm. the cheapest tax break is. So it's kind of a greasy thing where it's yeah. kind of everybody's fault in that sense. It's not actually. Anyway, so I'm not getting into that. Here's some positive things that's happened from though that he has like apparent according to again some other thing I found, but apparently he's enacted like seventy five percent of promises when he like. From like shitty cities, men do. He yeah, removed, but then not all these things are a big deal to everybody. But these are he's not a thing that he said he's gonna do. He basically, or sorry, he um, removed bridge tools in Vancouver, um, which is like a whatever. Uh, but he reinstated a provincial human rights commissioner. He increased the minimum wage. He boosted social wel welfare payments. He um, gave extra funding to the educational system, and. Again, this is up for debate, so I want to hear from anybody that has a different story on this, but I think that it's kind of generally agreed upon. He handled the pandemic pretty well in BC. Like, it was, there was a thing in the, with the tourism back in the summer in the early days of it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, there's obviously nothing that was perfect. I'm not saying he handled it perfectly, but if you're comparing it to how other places handle it, he handles it well compared to other places. So... Okay. Kind of, and that's probably that maybe that's where this is being measured. But that's kind of again the site I'm reading is obviously that was more of a positive site towards them. So this is kind of like where, yeah, like again, I don't feel like I don't know, like pandemic has affected a lot of people, but it fuck everybody on earth got fucked by it. Mm -hmm. So it's like just compared to everybody on earth, I'd say that he handled it relatively well if we have to go on that scale because that's just because the pandemic a pandemic means it hit everybody on earth. So when you're thinking scale yeah. like that, how did they hit everybody on Earth and like where are we, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's a kind of a great thing here I wrote. Uh, this might be in the wrong category though, but he promised to stop the Trans Mountain Oil Pipeline expansion project between Alberta and BC, but I don't mm. think he's followed through on that. He, um, I think this is the last thing I have in here too, but he, uh, his big thing though that was like that's being renowned right now is he called a snap election. Yeah. <clears throat> That was seen as a high risk, high reward. Me. Oh yeah, thank you. Excuse me. <laughs> he called a. I'm a pirate. Fuck that shit. <laughs> uh, there you get manners out of a pirate. He <laughs> anyway, yeah. So he won the snap election though. It was kind of seen as a high risk, high reward thing. And great, put away. <laughs> he was criticized though for power grabbing, grabbing over governing. And I was just already made a note, like spoken like a true loser. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then he's the, uh, he's the first NDP leader to win a second term in BC. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, there's one more criticism for him, too. And I'm not sure how reliable this is, but there was an advisor for him that apparently said the Uyghur genocide in China was lies. 
Okay. So, but I'm not sure how credible that is. But it was just like, a, it was like when I was looking for random things, but that was just one that stood out to me because I'm just like, oh, okay, well, um, huh. Because again, like I looked up, he's not like a member, he's not, a, this guy wasn't a minister or anything, he was like an advisor. And I was kind of like, okay. well, who knows, that could be any, 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 any random bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. But I just thought it was one random funny thing. I was like, oh, holy crap. But I'm just saying, that's why we should keep our eye on John, John, John Joseph Parkinson. So, I think that was all I really had for him. And I kind of want, like, so what do you think, Debbie Bear? I guess, in, like, uh, final criticisms of, before we get to the donuts, it's the next review, just a quick break in the donuts. I, I want, I'm excited for them, too. But what do you think about, like, uh, everything I've said there with, because, like, so we have our premiere. He's a little bit good, a little bit bad. He's kind of, he's arguably done some, like, positive shit that we can all get on board with, increasing the minimum wage. Yeah. Stuff like that. What do you think? Could be worse, I guess. Yeah. I. Yeah, and like I kind of I, I want to pay more attention to him too because again I think the I, again I found the funniest thing too is that I guess it's like the the education where it's like if you weren't a politician what would you be doing with your school degree? And I think I just said something for, oh, poli yeah. for politics though is like that oh, sure. politics is like a job where you don't like get any kind of degree or anything like that. So I just think that's an interesting concept I want to talk. I would like to learn more about. Like I don't want to waste money on a poli sci degree or anything like that, but I would take a single mm -hmm. class on it to be like just I'm interested in that concept because it is. It's not something you can prove, but it's like basically a sociology where it's like a understanding of people. Yeah. Uh, that's the only extent to which is interesting. Other than that, it's not useful. <laughs> We were if a bomb hit and the apocalypse ran, it'd be survival of the fittest once again. So in our next segment, Captain's Kitchen, we're gonna do a local review for Bigfoot Donuts. Please sponsor yeah, us. It's donut day. And uh, also, just a quick thing on my favorite new breakfast thing to do now: uh, bread and jam. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening this far. If you have. Pass us from shoveling all day. So sit down, sit Welcome down, back to Canadian Pirate Cast and Captain's Kitchen. Yay! The best segment that's not depressing, just focused on food, which is what we love. <laughs> um, fuck, sit down again. Like, I need to get a shot collar on myself, so every time I say um or like, it's like <laughs> triggers me. Uh, so today, we first we want to say, Big Fun Donuts, please sponsor us. We'll give you so much praise and love because, Jay, you're awesome, and I love your donuts. And I'm so excited for these ones, too, because there's, like, an extra special this month. What wow. is it? So, we're going to do a live tasting here, and I think a good way to structure this gummy bear this time is that one of us should be saying, saying the opinions after the other one is like eating, so that way we're not like having dead air or chewing while the other one's talking, because that's like a yeah. Because we, we went during the case, we're always doing it awkwardly. So you go first here. So here's one of the specials this month that I'd like to point out. You can pick whichever one you want to start with. So we have a blueberry glazed one with a little bit of cream on the side. We have a root beer one, which Ooh. is what I'm super fucking excited for. Interesting. Then we have two versions of a rhubarb donut. One is old-fashioned sugar, and one is glazed. 
And then as a general, as one of their mainline donuts that they have every single month, we'll be reviewing their Bigfoot donut, which is their iconic donut in the shape of a Bigfoot that is dipped in chocolate in likes of a long jong, but better because it's a Bigfoot. Tim Hortons, now is owned by an American company. Don't support them. So which one are you going to dive into first, Scotty Bear? You mean the blueberries? Go for it. It's quite gooey. Yeah, and there's, there's a little bit of that cream in there, so just like, you know. It's going to get messy. That's why I just be careful. <laughs> um, God, yeah. It was, uh, man, like, yeah, I kind of went in, I went in and Jay recognized me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. If I ever get sponsorship, I have to hide it like Batman. Secret, <laughs> just get a secret carrier to pick up the donut. I want to buy one of their shirts though, because I love the different varieties they have of them too. They have a couple of like funny donut things on there, and then they have another. Um, then they have just their bigfoot iconic bigfoot one too. But I debate which one I want because there's the one with the bigfoot holding a surfboard, and it's like island Vancouver Island, and I'm like, yeah, I'm an island hippie now. <laughs> and then there's also one on like a chopper, which is just cool too. Trying to think of any other local businesses to support. If you want to go for a beer, go to Ace's Brewery. Or oh god, Twin Sales. Where's that? I think I'm no, I think I'm fucking that one up. That one's somewhere else in town. I'm trying to think. It's that one that's like in Comox. The Blackfin? Not the Blackfin. Although Blackfin's like a mixed bag, actually. I've heard uh mm-hmm. like. I've had, like, I have, I've, okay, so I've always had a good experience with going to the Blackfin. I thought they were fantastic, and they have a really good, like, baked thing where they bake, they have, like, roast beef gravy inside of, like, a huge mother up in Yorkshire. That's amazing. But then there are other things that are, like, criticized by people, because, and I, like, they almost hired me there, so, like, I saw some of it, like, some of them are, like, frozen soups and shit like that, but they do, like, they have a huge-ass menu. It's not really their fault, it's because of the size of their menu. If they they could totally cut the processed stuff off their menu and just do all their homemade stuff like champs, and then they'd be perfectly fine. But they have their menu for their reasons and their owners. They have a good they have a good relationship between their owners though. I should say like from my interactions with them, the owners have a good working with the kitchen, and uh, everyone there they they treat their employees well from what I hear. So it's like oh yeah totally. I was just waiting for you to be done your turn because I'm I'm super like craving a bite of this too. <laughs> So gummy bear, what do you think of the blueberry donut? It's delicious. I like the crunchies. Mm. And the two different icings. Oh god, yeah. It's really good. That cream goes like so good with it. <laughs> I'd say the only problem with these ones though. I don't mean that's a bad bit of criticism. But they um because Jay has these garnishes on them that are like a cream, if you get it in a bag, it'll smush on the top of the bag. Mm. So the best way to get the get the donuts, have another one, or start another one. Mm, okay. Yeah, because like, we're just taking turns. Like, I, I ramble while you take one. <laughs> well, I guess, I don't know, I guess I'll go for the root beer one. Okay. Yeah, just like, and it's like I said, after I've, after like, I... She's really excited go. about that one, so I'll try that one again. Yeah. No, just go for it without, like, don't worry about it. 
So I was going to say, though, that, yeah, they're kind of the best way to have these donuts is in a box. Like, you just buy six and, like, share them with some friends or two people on a podcast. <laughs> they, because uh, then, yeah, the elevation of the box is, like, the perfect amount. What are those little square things on top? I'm really curious about that. I'm assuming it's like some sort of root beer flavored fudge. So yeah, sure. So I should so I should describe to everybody in the last one. So the blueberry donut is just obviously a circle donut with kind of like a dark purple. No, sorry, kind of like a light purple icing on it with little crunchy sugar bits and a white dollop of like another cream. That's actually more like I think it's more like a custard. It's like a thick custard because it's not like a whipped cream. It's uh it's heavier than that, but it's just like a perfect little dollop that's like perfect. This root beer one, God, is amazing too. So the root beer one is like glazed in brown glazed chocolate with brown chocolate sprinkles in it. It has I don't know how he does these things, but they're like these white chocolate. It's very root beer. It's these white chocolate pearls that have like a little bit of crunch to them. And I don't know what they are, but they're like amazing. And then on top of that, to finish it, he has these little brown squares of white uh, with white icing and um, brown sprinkles in them and a brown fudge-like thing underneath. Um, I mean, it, the execution is perfect. Uh... Not my favorite because root beer just isn't really my favorite. Mm -hmm. But like, it is subtle enough that I don't hate it. Really well made though. Mm -hmm. The little chocolate square like, just melts in your mouth. Yeah, the donut, man, the donuts are just always perfect when cooked. Like, I've never got, actually gotten, like, a raw donut from him accidentally. Like, they've yeah. always been perfect. Um, the, I agree with you, where it's very root beer -y. And that fudge <coughs> on there is like, yeah, that tastes like root beer fudge. And I think the, I imagine the cream on there is, like, adding a bit of a root beer float. Yeah. Thanks to the cream probably cuts through the sweetness of it a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I just had an epiphany realizing about that. I've been a cook for almost nine years now, and I'm just not realizing the cream and a root beer float is like cuts the sweetness of it. And that's what melts it out and makes it perfect. I'm a genius with food. I can't remember the last and time. An idiot had with news. I. Many years ago. I, I'm I'll, like, every now and then when I'm feeling a little bit like I want a little bit of diabetes, I'll uh, like make one. Which is super rare though, because again, like uh, I, I don't even drink pop. Like yeah. I'd rather binge on donuts from Bigfoot or like make my own cookies. Uh, what I'll say though is the uh, I remember the worst root beer float I ever had, which was I went to I was going to A and W with my friend, and this is like, and I always think this is funny because A and W the one where he had they always have those cute youtube ads with the owner and he has the diverse people in his drive-thru being like oh yeah now it's all top-notch now that it has no meat in it eh? and it's like really bad <laughs> i 
I don't think I've seen that. He has like he makes so many he makes so many of those YouTube ads. It's like spam ads, and it's I know it started as like an endearing thing of the owner doing his own ads for A and W, but it's just like ah, oh, buddy, calm down. Like just eh, I'm, I'm over you. You're not. If you were Billy Mays, I'd be more into you, but you're not. God, I miss Billy Mays. Uh -oh. So what else do you for or uh, oh my though? But yeah, sorry. The drink your float though was like. A puck, like they, I saw them do it where they poured the root beer into the cup, and then they dropped from opened up a, a packet and dropped like a puck of like white chunk stuff into the root beer float, and that was it. And it was just like, oh god, it's messed up. It was just like it was so bad. It was just like ice in there. It wasn't like ice cream at all. So gummy bear, what did you think of the rhubarb, the uh, old fashioned sugar, and the glazed? Um, I thought. It was really good. And these are cake style, we should say, too. So these ones yeah. are your cake style donuts that are like a bit heavier and more dense. Uh, super, super good. Yeah. The um, I think I would say I prefer the glaze just because of the amount of sugar that fell off of the sugared one Um, is quite messy. Okay. I'll, I'll bite this one over the box then. Thank you for the spoiler. Yeah. I already have to clean some up. <laughs> like... More, it it doesn't look like it has that much sugar on it, but then but then but then it does. Mm. And it's still, I mean, it's delicious, and I like like the base a lot. I don't know. I'm a I gotta disagree with you. I'm an old fashioned sugar friend, man all the way. Like I, I think it started when I know after a while I liked like plain donuts, but mm -hmm. sometimes because I just like the um just the dough, it's good. Fair enough. And. uh but old-fashioned sugar is just, like, perfect because it's a little bit, if it's not, like, obviously too much. So I don't know why I kind of, um, I like the simplicity of that. It's easy to kind of make it home. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think with simplicity, and I, that's what I like mm -hmm. most in my cooking, where it's, like, as much as intricate food is, like, awesome and, like, really, you can really appreciate that, I like, the thing I love about simple, simple food is that anybody can make it and anybody can make it good if it's a basic recipe. If you like do certain, if you follow basic stuff, I think that one, the rhubarb would be really good on its own as well. Hmm. Yeah. On oh god, yeah. Yeah. I, I would love that one. Like it, that. I think it would hold up all by itself. He's doing more adventurous uh, fruit, like I've noticed. What do you mean? Like he did blueberry, like oh. he had a blueberry donut last month. Sorry, I misheard you. Hmm. Sorry, that's because I had a big foot in my mouth. <laughs> I was going to say, though, that he's, he's uh, doing more adventurous fruit ones, like on smaller scales. Like we mentioned in our first episode that he made uh, peach fritters or something for a friend. But he only does it if it's like a big order because it's he can't like, right. sell them regularly. But it's, uh, yeah, I noticed he's been doing more, he's been doing a bit more adventurous stuff um, on smaller scales now. So, like, that's cool. Uh, yeah, super enjoy it. Um, those, so those are the monthly Bigfoot Donuts. And then just with the uh, regular Bigfoot Donut. So this is an iconic one that's, like, his brand donut, which I think is cool. It's just, like, a big, big old donut that's, like, a big long jong that's in the shape of a Bigfoot. The huge toe dipped in chocolate glaze. It's a good and simple donut if you don't mm -hmm. want to try an adventure. classic. Yeah, it's a good classic donut. Like I think I, I picked a fritter for my own reasons for like I love the hot fresh donut. 
But if I wasn't going to go for that, aside from a cooler, which is my absolute favorite, but that'll be for a different episode. Maybe we'll save that for a food fight because. I'm not a fan of crullers. See, I just mentioned said the word cooler, and Gummy Bear just scrunched up her entire fur face. And it was adorable. <laughs> so I think that. So yeah, like I, uh, the, but the Bigfoot's a good classic one to go through that a lot of people like. And again, don't support Tim Hortons. Support Bigfoot Donuts <laughs> if you're in the Comox Valley. Uh. Heck yeah. Yeah. And then our next thing to talk about, which is a bit of our last segment. Uh, and this is a, a recipe I just want to offer up this week, too, for anybody that wants to do some baking at home. Maybe you don't want a big, heavy donut, or you're too cheap to do that. Well, here's a nice, cheap recipe that anyone can do that is also simple and awesome. Two recipes, so to speak. Basic bread recipe and a jam recipe. And I know that everybody learned how to make their own sourdough over the pandemic, if there's one thing we know. <laughs> so why not hear mine, too? Because I like this. This is a basic recipe, though, because, again, for me, it gets down to, like, the whole thing with processed bread, where I hate reading a 19-ingredient long list. It's like, yeah. bread has three things in it. It's water, flour, yeast, right? And then a couple other things if you want to kind of, bulk, like, do things or add shit up. But it's simple ingredients. So, my bread recipe, and I've, I can't cite this because I don't actually remember where I got it from, and I've changed it a bunch, so I guess I've changed it enough to maybe argue that it's, you know. But this is a, so you take 500 milliliters of warm water. This will just make like a general white bread with all-purpose flour. So you take 500 milliliters of warm water, one tablespoon of salt, one tablespoon of sugar, dissolve that into your water, then take one tablespoon of dry active yeast in those, in those little jars um, you buy at the grocery store. You dissolve that into the water and stir the yeast until it's totally dissolved. The yeast will take a while to kind of break down in the warm water. So you're just going to have to stir it regularly. Um, you want to stir it like every five minutes to break the yeast up. You basically want it to all start foaming. Like you want the top to start kind of foaming and kind of rising like that without it being like a little pool of yeast on the top. Like you want it to all foam almost like a cappuccino. Or latte. Mm -hmm. And then that'll take about 15 to 20 minutes. And I should say the best thing, actually, here's why I like this bread recipe too. It's a great multitasking recipe because you can only be focusing on the bread so much. And so you just do other housework and shit at the same time. And you end up with fresh bread. And you have an awesome grilled cheese to treat yourself at the end of the day for cleaning your house and doing your stuff, mm -hmm. right? Making your bread. So after that's risen, you take five and a half cups of all purpose flour and you whisk it to sift it and make sure it's nice and tight and fluffy. Then you pour your, you kind of mix up your yeast mixture and then pour that into the bowl, into a large metal bowl with, and mix it with your hand like an animal. And then after the dough will start to come together and will be half wet but mostly dry, you want to scrape all of the flour and the dough and everything onto the counter and just start kneading it and start pressing it and kneading it together. And for anybody that doesn't know a proper kneading technique, it's essentially where you kind of lay it out, like move it out a little wider and then fold it over itself. And you're basically just like constantly folding it in a circle and twisting it, folding, twisting, folding over and over again and to push the air out of the dough and develop the yeast and the gluten in it, the elastic gluten that makes bread so delicious. And that's why gluten-free bread doesn't taste good because it don't got no gluten in it. So, 
After you've kneaded this dough for eight minutes, and if it's too wet, the dough, if you if you don't air aerating the flour is really important, and have and having that right amount of water, that five hundred milliliters, because that'll make the dough easier to work with and like kind of lighter, more malleable, so it'll be easier on your wrists while you're kneading it. After you've kneaded that for eight minutes, you want to take a separate metal bowl, put some olive oil in it, and like roll the dough around and then get it covered in all sides and olive oil to prevent sticking. Then you want to cover it with a kitchen towel and a light white bed sheet and let it proof for 90 to 120 minutes to help it proof if you can i put it on top of my fridge which is already a warm place because fridges produce a lot of heat in the top usually but also if you're doing laundry at the same time while you're making bread if you dry your laundry which already wastes a bunch of energy and heat up your house but it'll also make your house like moist and kind of warm and that'll be great for rising your bread so it's like baking bread's also great to multitask with laundry because you can use the wasted energy from using a dryer to help aerate your bread. So because like most people have to do laundry once a week, so that's kind of how I kind of how I justify it, essentially. But I don't know. I'm a, I'm a single pirate. I don't got kids or anything like that, so I don't know how laundry amounts work for people. <laughs> um, so after you let this proof, and it should about double in size, and that's like between 90 and, or that's between an hour and a half to two hours. You punch the dough down and knead it for like one minute just to get the air that's kind of in there out. Then you want to cut it into three balls and make it as kind of even as possible. Roll those and knead them quickly. You just knead the little air out of them. Then roll them into loaves of whatever size. You want them to be circles or ovals or like long ovals, whatever shape. Put them on a pan, baking sheet with some parchment paper. Preheat the oven to 500 degrees Fahrenheit. Then you put this baking sheet over the oven, and if you everyone's oven has one like air thing, so the air from your oven filters out from the top. Yeah. So you want to make sure, here's where you second proof your bread. You put the baking sheet over that area if you can, or maybe to the side, mm -hmm. and then you put the bake, then you put the bed sheet covering not over you make sure the baking sheet is not over the vent but the bed sheet is over the vent so all the air gets blown up into the bed sheet and it's all proofing your bread but it's not being blocked by the pan and only heating in one place so i'm just being very specific about that detail you proof your bread then for about four again i'm just like waste no energy and mm -hmm. use everything to proof the bread yeah. so this will take about 45 minutes and i broke this down into three 15 minute segments where First, you preheat the oven for about 10, 15 minutes to get your oven to 500. After that, you start boiling some water. That'll take another 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how high you turn your um, thing. And then the final thing is that you take a thin sheet, um, fill it with the boiling water, put it inside your oven, and then let that preheat for another 15 minutes. So it gets, so it gets nice and uh, like pretty like moist inside your oven. After that, you take the and when you after that forty five minutes and your bread is kind of doubled in size again in loaf form, you take the sheet off. You score your bread, which is like you put like lines in it with a knife, which can be whatever you want. You can do like three score, like a classic French baguette, or you can do like cross one, like a badass. I do a bit of both, <laughs> and you will, and you brush. You want to brush your breads with. If you want a lighter crust, just do some water. If you want a richer, kind of crunchier crust, do some olive oil, which I always do olive oil because it's like the bomb. Mm -hmm. And you want to bake your bread, put your oven 
or if we were in the oven, but when you open your oven, be careful though, because the hot steam building up in your oven will be like blast out of your oven door like a motherfucker. So you open your oven door, but like let it blow out first before you put your bread in, otherwise it'll be a nasty steam burn in your face. So then once your bread's in the oven, you bake it for eight minutes. And then you, after that, you turn it down to 400 and bake it for another 10 minutes. And after that, it'll be about golden brown and just like perfect and kind of mushed together because your baking pan can only have so much space. You pull your bread out, then you rip the loaves apart and put them on a wire rack. Yes, Stubby, I love you too. Um, you cool the bread on a wire rack and then allow, um, and then just allow your bread enough time to cool and it'll be fine. And as an extra step before the bread too, if you want to put any cornmeal or flour on the bottom of your bread, you can do that just by sprinkling that on your pan before you put your loaves on, before they're last proofing. But I never do that because, you know, it's not a requirement. It's more of just like an extra thing if you want to add that. That's my favorite bread recipe because I eat that for breakfast all the time, especially when I'm in college because I just, I make three loaves, I freeze two of them, and then I have like breakfast for a day and a half. You can also make grilled cheeses with them. This bread in particular, I would say, Eating it raw is best on the first day, obviously. But after that, it's not as good if you eat it raw. However, it is amazing if you toast it, like, for three or four days after. Like, it's amazing toasted sandwich bread. Like, whether you make it with grilled cheese or if you do it in a toaster. This bread has a perfect, like, spongy, crunchy texture from the thick slices you cut with it. So I think it's like, this bread is amazing for toasting. So it's like a great bread if you cook it after, so it's good days after. It's just not a good, like, fresh bread days after. But no bread really is. So that's why I really like this general bread recipe. And the last thing I want to talk about is jam. For cases where somebody has a bunch of frozen berries they don't know what to do with. Or maybe you have some fruit going bad and you want to cut the mold off and not have it go to waste. Here's the best way to not waste your fruit or make some jam to go with that bread you just made. So this recipe I can't cite, and I have changed this recipe a bit, but if you want the main recipe from the actual creator, um, I'll, I'm going to light link to that in this uh, show notes. Or point it out, his name is Joshua, Joshua Wiseman, you don't need to. He is, uh, so for this recipe, you can do it one of two ways. I do it in a bulk format fashion, but I've lowered that down a bit for people that only want to make like a little bit amount. So this will make between 500 milliliters and one liter. And that's important because mason jars come usually in kind of general sizes and like 250, 500, and one, or one liter. For this, you take one pound of fruit, um, two and a half cup, or sorry, two thirds. You take one <laughs> pound of fruit, two thirds cup of white sugar, and you toss your fruit in that sugar and then cover it and leave it in the fridge overnight or outside or out in about for like six to eight hours. That's gonna let the fruit macerate and it'll kind of like let all the natural sugars and stuff kind of pour out of the fruit. After that, you wanna put it in a pot. You scrape it all into a pot, sugar and all. And you wanna like slowly heat it in a pot. Slowly bring it to a simmer because whenever you're heating sugar, you always need to do low and slow to bring it up to temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, after you've brought the fruit to a simmer, you want to add two teaspoons of an acid of your choice. I always use lemon juice, but you can also use champagne vinegar, apple vinegar, or actual acid. Uh, I don't think the last one does, makes it taste great, but I think, mm. it, I think it, I think it like sends you on a, on a journey. Is there any bay leaf? There's no bay leaf. 
Oh, actually, you can do Bayleaf in this if you want to. <laughs> so your jam is only good to get Bayleaf in it. But if you don't have Bayleaf in it, there's not enough Bayleaf in it. They always say. <coughs> um. So after this, you bring your jam to a simmer, and you've added your acid. And the acid's important, too, because that'll affect the flavor of your jam. It'll make sure it's not too sweet. But, like, a little bit goes a long way. Like, if you do two teaspoons of acid, but you do, like, two and a half or two, like, or three, it'll make it drastically more sour. So that'll kind of be... So that's just something to be aware of. Simmering it will take about an hour or two depending on how thick you want your jam. And you're gonna have to start regularly scraping the bottom of the pot to make sure that the fruit isn't sticking to the bottom and burning as a thing, constant thing with sugar. Mm -hmm. So when you're constantly stirring the pot and scraping the bottom of it. You can mash the berries if you want, or the fruit. Like I always, I mashed it with strawberries because they're so big, but yeah. blueberries are like less mashable. They don't mash very well, but you can still kind of mash them a bit. I love making blueberry jam, just mm -hmm. the tits. <laughs> so, uh, Anyway, though, but <laughs> I can't believe I said that. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, yes, Tibby. That's I just know. how how that's just how much you love blueberries. That's just how much I love blueberry jam. It's really good. So, you to know how how thick you want your jam to be, you want to do the plate test where you take a scoop of it. You take a scoop of it with a spoon, and you can drop it on a plate. And then let it cool down. I love to cool down quickly. And then, however, it like falls in your plate. Like if it's really runny, it'll be really runny. If it's thicker, it'll be thick. And that's kind of like the consistency it'll have at room temperature. I forgot those two extra things too. Um, when you add your acid, that's also the time to add any aromatics if you want to. If you want to add bay leaf or thyme or whatever or cinnamon into your jam. And also, um, some fruits will give off like a white foam will kind of come to the top and. I think you're supposed to scrape it off. I'm not quite sure why, but some people say it's important, but I, I kind of do it for the strawberries, but like for me, it didn't come up with blueberries. Mm. And shit, oh God, I want to do a plug for it, but there's like local island blueberries to buy, frozen blueberries to buy all the time that are really good for that. So I want to plug oh, them. Cool. They're an island farm. I don't know. I'll make that, put that in the show notes. Okay. But they're great blueberries for the jam and they're supporting a local island business and they're awesome. So do that. Also, frozen fruit's totally fine for you because it's frozen at the peak. It's frozen at the peak of its like vitamin optimacy and holds it. Where fresh fruit has less vitamins in it, I'm just saying. So there's nothing wrong with frozen fruit Ooh. for any health people out there. I've um, never heard anybody say there's something wrong with frozen fruit. I think it was like a thing where people get a bit like, oh god, frozen vegetables, like it's the lower tier stuff or whatever. But there's like, no, that's not how that works. They're frozen at their optimacy, so arguably, like fresh fruit loses more nutritional potency. In that time. So, when you're done that, though, once your jam is ready, you can, in the consistency you want, you scrape it into a mason jar and let it cool, and then you serve it with whatever you want. My favorite thing to do is serve it with butter and toast, which is just delicious. Yeah. And, like I said, this is like my regular, this is my regular breakfast thing throughout the year. So, like blueberry jam and toast. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of, that's what I really want to focus on, Captain's Kitchen. It's like baked goods and baked bread and fun. Uh, and local donuts. Local donuts. Once a month, give them a shout out because they're a local business I care about the most. And then, obviously, I don't want anyone to lose their business, but I, I especially don't want them because I love, love, love their donuts. And I think they're super important in the community and in my heart. Please sponsor us, Bigfoot Donuts. I, I... 
think that was all I really had for that. Any uh, any final comments or thoughts, Gummy Bear? The donuts were really good. Um, and she brought some bread. <laughs> but no, it's good. I was I'm, just, I'm just joking. I was going to, but I thought it might be too much after the donuts. Oh yeah, probably. But I'll do it again next time because like I'm always improving the bread recipe, mm. and I want to try different ones too. So yeah, well, basically, always I think we'll always be taste testing something, right? But the same thing, like you can't bring goulash too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's been much. Like I said, throw five, put a five dollar bill in a bottle, save for Canadian Piracast, throw it into the ocean, and hope it finds us in the island. And we'll put that money towards having a soup station so I can serve goulash or fresh food to gummy bears, so we can try even more things live, mm-hmm. and talk about whether I'm a good cook or not. It's up for debate. I have uh, something for a gummy bear's kitchen. Gummy bear's kitchen. Well, that's a different. Uh, gummy bear's kitchen is blossoming and zealotry with your pineapple on pizza ways and your love of zucchini. How dare you, gummy bear? <laughs> In my kitchen. <laughs> uh, we gotta do. We have to do. We have to do. We have to do an episode where we just get like we get like messed up, do late at night, get messed up, and argue about food for an hour and a half in different segments like food fights, food philosophy, food structure, all these. Different It'll things. be the only episode where I'm actually loud enough that they're just yelling. Because you'll be you'll be you'll be nice and you'll be nice and gum- gumbled up. Nah. <laughs> uh, any. I was just joking. I know, me too, of course. I'd be responsible. <laughs> uh, I'm always responsible. I'm a responsible Oh, partner. yeah. Yes. Any uh, any final thoughts, though, Gummy Bear, on, uh, to end on the Canadian Pirate Cast? No, just thanks for listening as usual. Yeah, thank you. And for anybody that stuck around this long, here's uh, some insight to our uh, structure that I want to talk about. And who knows, if you don't listen, then you have to ask again in the future. The structure of our show for releasing, though, two episodes in a month and then one bonus episode. Um, essentially this is a sustainable schedule that we know because I'm going to school eight months out of the year for the next couple of years. So whatever we do, we want to make sure it's sustainable and we can always keep up consistent, like we can release them these days and get this done and always have episode content out for anybody that cares to listen. So making sure that we can each do like an episode every two weeks and every month and also just one bonus episode of either movies we watched or video games I've played or whatever. It's just reusing like stuff we also do in our regular lives, what we think is worth talking about, and it's all the content that we can talk out. And uh, in a perfect world, I want to get down to four episodes a week. Or sorry, 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 four episodes a month is what I meant to say. But that's kind of the uh, reasoning for our episode structure, and I hope you appreciate and understand. We are recording on June 15th. This episode will be released on June 21st, and I believe we will be dark on... June 28th, the week of. Yes, because we, um, this is, that's our week off to kind of figure things out. We got to figure out our marketing. So we'll see you in two weeks from when this is released. Yes. And, uh, we appreciate you listening and taking the time to listen to us. Uh, thank you for anybody. Thank you for that. Again, thank you for those, thank you for the generous comment on Apple Podcasts. Really, we really appreciate it. Very sweet. And anybody else that wants to just help support the podcast, please tell people about us. Tell people that, you know, like we suck, but we're learning. We're getting better. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you to anybody.
Sorry, I said thank you like a million times. I just really appreciate anybody that takes time out of my day. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, it just feels weird. I appreciate anybody because like I don't have time to listen to all the podcasts I'm gonna listen to. So anybody that takes time to listen to us and support us, like thank you, like genuinely for taking time on your day because we live in a time like time economy, and that's what's important, right? So appreciate that. We hope you all have a good day, and everybody on Earth have a good day, a good week, a good year. Have a better 2021, a fantastic summer. Don't forget to don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Bye. Couple of fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling at the wheel won't do much good. Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast today. If you'd like to know more about what we talked about, sources are in the description. And if you'd like to contact us, ask questions, or give feedback or anything. You can email us at canadianpiratecast at gmail.com or follow Beckham Kid on Facebook and Beckham underscore Kid on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page for Canadian Pirate Cast. We appreciate anyone taking the time to talk to us, and that's all in the description. Bye!